it was funny when we were at the concessions and, and Jude was like, do you have any, uh, I was like, uh, do you have champagne? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we have champagne. And I was like, cool. I want to make a mimosa. Do you have any orange juice? And he goes, let me check. Uh, we haven't opened the fridge in like six months. And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, you know what? I'll have a beer. I'll just get a beer. But but it, it was kind of nice actually seeing a movie in the theater again. Yeah, it was. Um, especially considering the fact that like no one's going to the theater right now. Yeah, there was just us and like two other two guys. Other and they sat like way far out of the way, mm-hmm. which is, it was great. I'm like, I love the crowded movie theater experience when like there's a big blockbuster. Like having the crowd there kind of gives it a different energy. But, but when it's a shitty movie. When it's a shitty movie yeah. and you have full access to the whole theater, it was kind of like, yeah, all right. I'm all right with this. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, the Salty Nerd. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing a spoiler review of the long-awaited New Mutants. Really long-awaited. Really long-awaited. Yeah. I am joined by my illustrious co-hosts, the ambassador of estrogen at I am Jude Juju. Welcome to the show. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> She's recovering. She's still sick. She's trying to fight off the New Mutant infection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Infected with a terrible movie. Yes, I'm mutating. I am also joined by Matthew Kadish, author extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. I think I'm I'm also sick to my stomach. Over <laughs> <this movie. laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and Matt Vader, who is sadly away. What's up, boo? But we have the soundboard. <laughs> so go ahead. We're just going to cap off this episode. You can stop listening right now. The movie's stupid. There you go. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> That's our review. <laughs> it's like Vader's here in the room with us. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Vader had some family obligations, so he wasn't able to record today, but we missed him. But also, he did not want to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which works out. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? I can't believe you're going to waste your money yeah. on that turd. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, he called it. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. So, okay. <clears throat> Like I was actually like when this first got announced, I saw the cast and uh-huh. I was, I'm like, it was right off of Game of Thrones. I'm like, Maisie Williams, freaking cool. Yeah. I'd love to see her in, in like a, a new, like, you know, comic book mutant. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. Anna and Taylor then, Joy. And Sophie Turner was in the X-Men movies proper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like there's, <laughs> there's some Game of Thrones. Uh, pred- P- uh, Peter Dinklage was in Game of uh, X-Men Days, Days, Days of, of Future Past. Past. Yeah. yeah. So like the, the Game of Thrones cast has been known to jump into the X-Men universe and they, they, they fit in pretty well. And I was excited for this movie when they first announced it and like it was scheduled. Back in 2015. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has been delayed and delayed and delayed. And I, I'm yeah. sure Kate has Originally like, it was supposed to come out in 2018. Yeah, I'm sure you have like some serious inside mm-hmm. baseball as to why yeah. this happened. I The only thing I really know about is like it got delayed because it was terrible and then it got re-edited and then it, actually, it got mixed up in the shuffle in the Disney yeah, buyout. It, it did not get delayed because it was terrible. Oh, it didn't? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Well, go into I the- mean, I mean, the movie was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that well, wasn't why it was initially. Give us a little bit of insight, like kind of give us the cliff notes as to why it took five years to get this movie into theaters. All right. So this film had like five different release date shifts and it was originally supposed to come out in April of 2018. Um, but they were afraid that it was going to step on Deadpool. Okay. Um, so like uh, they shifted it to um, February of 2019 and they were going to use the time in between to do some like reshoots. And uh, the reason they were going to do the reshoots was because, um, so they, they made a trailer that premiered in front of the first It movie, uh, you know, the Stephen King adaptation, It, yeah. IT. And uh, they made the trailer look like a horror movie. And there was a really good response to it. And people were like, oh, like a 
superhero horror movie. That looks cool. Yeah. And so they were like, well, it's not really a horror movie, so maybe we should reshoot it to make it scarier. <laughs> and uh, so like that was basically what their plan was, is they were going to do some reshoots to essentially uh, make the movie a little bit more horror-esque. And uh, then all of a sudden, um, the Disney-Fox merger um, kind of took precedence. And it, looks like, it looked like Disney was going to be buying out Fox. And so... Um, that delayed it as well because they didn't want to release any of the movies until like Disney kind of took them over. And then once the deal was finalized, um, they had to push it back to make room for Dark Phoenix mm. because they wanted Dark Phoenix to come out, uh, which was like the first, I think, Fox release after the Disney-Fox merger. Yep. And then um, they were originally going to, then they were going to release it in March of 2020 and then the pandemic hit from COVID <laughs> and all the theaters shut down. So they had to push this it back. This movie just did not have a chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was actually surprised that they decided to just push it out in the theaters. Uh, yeah. Because I thought like, you know, this is prime material to put on Disney plus, but yeah. in, instead they put Mulan on Disney plus and they released this in the theater. And I'm just like, what the heck is Why? Disney thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's very odd. I don't think they were ever banking on making money off this movie. I feel yeah, like it's just kind of got, it got kind of jumbled into the mix of yeah, like, the, well, here's $72 billion. You know, the, we're, this felt like they, they inherited this movie. They didn't really know what to do with it. They didn't want to put in any money for reshoots. And so they were like, you know what? Let's just get this, dump this in, into theaters and move on. Yeah, it's exactly what they did. They dumped it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially because, like, so one of the big reasons, like, the big motivating factor for buying out Fox was so that Disney could get all their Marvel rights back because Fox owned Fantastic Four yeah. and X Men characters. So uh, they bought out Fox to basically make Marvel whole again. Mm -hmm. And um, this movie was made in the time before Disney took over Fox. So they, it was still part of the Fox X-Men universe that had been going on since like, you know, the early nineties. This movie has like references to like the old X-Men movies. Yeah. And basically now that Disney own, owns the X-Men again, they want Marvel to do their own thing. And so like all this stuff is basically like, this was originally going to be the first of a trilogy of new mutant movies and that's dead. <laughs> yeah. So basically like this movie just, it was supposed to start a new franchise, new X-Men franchise. And now it's just, it was a one-off and just got dumped just out. Just fell so flat. Yeah. All right, Jude. So why don't you tell everybody what this movie is about? All right. The synopsis is five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Directed by Josh Boone, written by Josh Boone and Nate Lee. Stars Macy Williams, Anya Ta Taylor Joy, Charlie Heaton, released... Yesterday. August, yeah. August, <laughs> August 28th, 2020. So the budget was $67 million. What do you think it's going to make? Uh, it made $64 this weekend because we went to <laughs> <laughs> And that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie's not going to make a whole no, lot of money. I don't, it, $60 million is not a huge budget, but I don't think it's going to make its money back, honestly. No, I, I don't it's gonna think be a wash. so either. It'll probably make like maybe $30 million maybe total. Well, maybe, I don't know what it'll do overseas if they're going to release it in China or not, but it might make up a little bit of their money over there. And you know, it's funny because, so Maisie Williams was cast at kind of like the height of her popularity due mm -hmm. to game of thrones and so like when this movie was shot back in like 2017 i want to say 
um, you know, like she was kind of like riding high off of the Game of Thrones stuff. And then season eight came out in between like all the delays and basically tanked that franchise. Like (laughs) everyone hates Game of Thrones now. Yeah. And so Maisie Williams star has like basically dimmed like a great deal. And, Which is a shame. And, and so, like, like, she's not a draw for this movie anymore. Yeah, she used to be. Like, at, when it, if it would have come out, like, right after it was filmed and it was, like, Game of Thrones. If it would have come out before season eight yeah. of well, Game of Thrones. I don't know. I, I, like, I don't blame uh, Maisie Williams for, for season eight at all. I still like her as Arya. So, like, yeah, but I think her stardom would have. Everyone involved with Game of Thrones after season eight came out, like, people are just over them. <laughs> Such yeah. a shame. And yeah. also like, so her character, she plays a mutant who can turn into a dog and they just have her looking like a person who turns into a dog. The whole movie, they had the worst wig on her and she just looks like, like a wolf girl. Like the whole movie. <laughs> they, they're not doing her any favors in this movie. She's, she's kind of, I don't know. I think probably saying she's hard to look at is overstating it, but, uh, she doesn't she doesn't look good at all in this movie. <laughs> I think so. the best way to put it is like what you just said. They didn't do her any favors. They didn't do her any favors and she looks like a dog girl. Yeah. Like so there's a, a couple a handful of other films and TV shows that she's been in that I've seen that she looks fine. And it just this one, I don't know if they just went for that like emo type wolf girl yeah. look. I don't know how you make wolf, somebody look like that. But. Wolf girl lesbian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the guy who directed and wrote this movie, his name's Josh Boone, and he ha- was coming to this film off of the success of The Fault in Our Stars, okay. which was like uh, a YA a movie based off of a Nicholas Sparks novel, I believe, and uh, starred Shailene Woodley, and I think actually one of the guys who was in this movie, I, I don't not I never saw the film, so I can't really speak to it. I read the book. Um, but um, so like that movie was a mild success. And so like he basically was a fan of the new mutants growing up because um, it was a comic book by Chris Claremont, um, who basically made the X-Men what they were uh, as a comic book writer. And so like he wanted to take the new mutants and kind of spin them off into their own trilogy. And at the time, Simon Kinsberg was the guy who was kind of overseeing the X-Men franchise at Fox. He was the one who wrote and directed Dark Phoenix um, and uh, uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, he uh, produced that one. And so, like, he was uh, all for, you know, this interpretation of The New Mutants, which was a fairly popular X-Men spinoff comic book. Um, but I think Vader would disagree with you on that. <laughs> that it was a popular spinoff comic book? Yeah, I think he doesn't like the, the comics. He said they were terrible. I think the last time I talked to him about it, he said, he's like, I'm not going to go see the movie because I hated the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> the director kind of came up with this idea. It was like, we're going to do kind of like a more psychological, like horror-esque type take on the X-Men. It didn't work. And um, it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry to steal uh, your thunder. <laughs> let's, no, let's just get into it. So what, like w- watching this movie, what did you guys think or how long before you realized that this was a terrible movie? Like you were walking into it and what gave it away? What, what about it was like, just like not working for you. So 20 minutes into the movie, I realized I had been hating it for at least five minutes. <laughs> and I looked at my phone just to see like how far in we were. I was like, it's only been 20 minutes. So about 15 minutes in, I realized this is, this is garbage. Wow. It's so bad. Okay. I, I gave it a little bit longer than that because I, I, I'm more, I'm a little bit more forgiving if, if with like these comic book type movies, I, I enjoy them for what they are. So I was like, okay, I can go along. But like the freaking editing in this, it, it's so choppy and terrible. It's gotta be one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen. It was, 
It's like so like characters would just show up out of nowhere. Things would happen. You were like, what the heck is going on? Why are they doing this? There's like no explanation for anything happening. And the character development is so chopped up and terrible that you end up not really giving a crap about any of the main characters. And there's only five of them. So it's like, there's not like a huge cast. You should be able to connect to these characters. And it's just so poorly set up that by the time like the big finale happens, you're just like, oh my God, can we get over this? You know, what's interesting. You know, you mentioned the choppy editing in the film. Uh, One of the reasons for that is because, so when the film completed filming, typically when, when you finish shooting a movie and you go into the editing room, you, you allot time to do like reshoots and pickups. Yeah. And that's where like you realize, oh, we need like a close up of, of this. We need an insert of that, like whatever. And that's just normal part of filmmaking. Like, you know, you always get to the editing room and realize that you need stuff to help make the movie make sense. Right. And because this movie got its release date jumbled so much, um, the director and the writers of this film. Uh, went on to different projects. Like they're working on, I want to say it's the CBS all access version of the stand. They're, they're adapting the Stephen King oh, yeah. to a TV miniseries right now. And so they were involved in that because this movie, it literally took them two years between the, the finish of principal photography to getting this out in the theaters. And so uh, the scheduled reshoots to do all this stuff never actually went through. And that included all the stuff that they needed to do pickups and inserts with. And so basically like when they came back to finish the film or the theatrical release recently, um, Disney was just like, we're not pumping any more money into this movie. So like you just got to edit with what you got. And and that's one of the reasons why it's so (laughs) choppy is because they couldn't go back and do any pickups and reshoots that they were originally supposed to do under, under the Fox banner. Yeah. I feel like this, if this movie was like maybe 10 minutes longer of just like transition shots to show how characters get from one place to another, and like fill in some of the holes in the story. Like it would have been okay. Maybe dubbed over some of the bad accents. <laughs> you want to talk oh, about God. that next? <laughs> so what's the, what's the uh, actress's An- name? Anna Taylor joy. So she's the, she's been in a bunch of stuff recently. I feel yeah, like she yeah. was in, um, well, well, was she, it called split. Yeah. She was in, split. she was in split. She was in, uh, oh. Anna. Is it, it was the, um, she was in the witch. She's a good actress. Yeah. I was excited. She was she's, she's one of the reasons why I was excited for this movie because I saw that she was in it and I what's, was like, oh, great. What's the Victorian era movie that she was just in? It was like a, a type of like a Pride and Prejudice type movie. Was it Anna? I think it was called. Emma? Emma. Yes, Emma. She was in that movie. She was great in that movie. She was really well well done. I watched it with my wife as like a date night thing. I didn't like the movie, but she was good <laughs> in it. Um, so like going in, I was like, oh, I know this chick. She's been yeah. in a bunch of stuff. She's pretty good. Yeah. And it was just like whatever. She's, she's awful. Whatever accent she did. It, like was not, so, it was like trying to be like a Russian accent well, her, her, and it came and went. Her character's like X-Men name is Rasputin, uh-huh. which I didn't no, understand no, no, why. No, her X-Men name is Magic spelled with a K. Are you sure? Yes. Why was her code name Rasputin? That's then? her actual that, last that, that's name. That's her actual last name. Seriously? Yeah. yeah like they, they didn't refer it's to like any Ileana of the characters. Ileana Rasputin. Yeah. They didn't refer to any of the characters in this movie by their actual superhero names. It was all their real names. I thought those were her superhero no, names. No, that was her actual real name. And in the comic books, her character is the sister of Colossus. Okay. The, the, uh, the X-Men who's like all metal. Yeah. Yeah, so like basically the characters in this movie, uh, there's Cannonball, who's the guy who can use thermal energy to like, you know, fly around and Mm -hmm. burn stuff. Uh, There's Mirage, who is the um, Native American girl who who can like create like hallucinations and stuff. Yeah. Uh, There's Sunspot, who his his version in this movie, like he's basically the human torch in this Uh film, 
but in the comics, he basically, he's like a solar battery where like he absorbs solar energy and, and it makes him like super strong. So like completely different powers. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and then, uh, there's Wolfsbane, which is, um, Maisie uh, Williams, Maisie character. Williams character. And so, uh, magic, like I was so, cause I'm not very familiar with the new mutants. Um, and I was so confused about magic's power, but like she, she's able to create like these portals into like an alternate limbo dim- dimension, but she's also got this ability to like, you know, turn her arm into like an armored thing with like a sword. Yeah. She's like a, a knighted. She made her stuffed animal turn into a dragon. Yeah. It was really weird. That was a bit weird. I it, mean, I, I like, at least it paid off at the end. Cause I was like, why does she have this freaking stuffed animal? But then when she turns on her mutant powers, it turns into a real dragon. I was like, at least it was a little bit of payoff. Uh-huh. And then did the bear kill her dragon at one point? I, no, I don't know. Well, the, the dragon survived, I think. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure it survived. But but it was weird because it was a puppet sometimes, and then other times it became like... Real. Real. But, but <laughs> so, so, so like the, the whole movie starts off with um, uh, the character, I believe her name is Moonstone. Yeah. And um, like she's on her reservation in, in her trailer with her father, and there's like some weird storm that just descends upon the reservation. Her father wakes her up and whisks her away to safety while their entire reservation is getting destroyed. And it's like some type of like unknown force. It's like very spooky. It's growling. Yeah. Yeah. And then like she, she gets knocked unconscious and she wakes up in this like kind of mental health facility. That's basically a um, hospital for new mutants who are, haven't learned to control their powers yet. And Mm -hmm. in, in this, um, in this, world like this is the same cinematic universe as all the other movies that we've seen so, so far. is this this company that's like they kind of hint at throughout the movie is kind of revealed sx company is that the same company that was in, uh, responsible for x23 from logan yes the one that took the little girl okay yeah so, so they're trying to mash it into that whole well so with x-men apocalypse and days of future past and um logan and stuff like that uh the they were the plan was to build up the Essex Corporation as like the, the the new threat. Yeah, and basically the big bad of the X Men universe was going to be Mister Sinister. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Mister Sinister was supposed to um, show up in this film, played by John Hamm, but they actually never ended up shooting any of that stuff. Um, <laughs> but basically, Mister Sinister is like this like immortal mutant geneticist who um, basically like wants to create like perfect mutants and he's the head of the Marauders and stuff like that in the comic books. He was supposed to be being built up as like the X-Men version of Thanos. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. So uh, the, the whole thing with the Essex corporate, cause like in this movie, you're led to believe that this is like a training ground for the X-Men and like they're prepping these guys to like be handed off to professor X. Yeah. And then it's revealed that, Oh no, this is the Essex corporation. And they're like some type of nefarious, like shadowy organization that's Trying using to turn uh, these kids into assassins, basically yeah, using mutant. And now that like, I know that it was for the Marauders, um, basically like a lot of that flashback stuff makes a little bit more sense. So like they're basically training mutants to be used as weapons essentially. Yeah. I think the biggest thing about this, because the premise itself I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like the whole like horror aspect. These kids are stuck in this mental hospital. Yeah. It feels like a very low budget movie. Yeah. It could have, it could have really worked. And one of my favorite parts of it that actually did kind of give me the creeps a little bit is, um, as Rasputin's like, nightmare images uh-huh. of these like faceless men with these giant mouths that were chasing yeah. her. They were kind of like slender man, but with like disco shirts. Like, I, I got like, like a very, like, like, the, like the wide open collar. Yeah. So what I got like from that is like this, the, the classic like Russian mafia, bad guy type clothes on. And I'm like, okay, so she was born and raised in Russia. She was obviously mistreated, probably like sexually abused by this guy, this person 
who probably dressed like that, some mafia Russian dude. And that that's her deepest, darkest fear. And then she just, she puts this like image of him as being like the slender man and with this like weird, creepy faceless thing. But that one moment where she was like locked in solitary and the door opens and she opens the door and she sees the drawing of her nightmare. I was like, like that's freaking creepy, man. And like when they started coming out of the walls at her and they just started chasing her down the hallways, like that was like a legit horror, scary moment. Yeah. I'm like, if they would have amped that up a little bit throughout the movie, it would have been way better. Yeah, there, there was a point in the movie where she kind of explained um, what those things were, but I couldn't understand her because yeah. of her accent. And it was funny because I like, could not understand a lot of her dialogue. Yeah, like, <laughs> so like she's speaking with a heavy Russian accent and at the beginning of the movie, I didn't notice that she had an accent. Like I, I thought she was just talking normally. And then like all of a sudden she's talking with this heavy accent. I'm like, when did she get an accent? <laughs> I, I, I turned to Jude. I was like, does she have an accent? And Jude's just like, I don't care. <laughs> you were out no, of it no, but then. she did. She started off with an accent and then it was gone. And then it came back real heavy in the middle. <laughs> and then it was sort of muddled. And then at the end it was back. Yeah, but so like these Slender Man type creatures were like a representation of her abusers as kids. Yeah. And she put in her mind, she put smiley face masks on them to make them less scary. It makes them even more scary. And, and, and then she like kind of learned to use her power to escape them by going into like this yeah, alternate the- dimension. And um, it's fu- a fun fact is that uh, the, the person who did the voices for these, you know, Slender Man creatures is Marilyn Manson. Oh, that makes sense. They yeah. actually kind of looked like him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, so wait, but, did you get all of that from watching the movie or did you look it up after? I had, I had to look it up. Okay, yeah, because I didn't. I was just thinking, like, I didn't get any of that during the yeah, movie. That's what I was talking about with terrible editing. Yeah, is I like was the, like, did I fall asleep? Like the character development, you're supposed to have at least maybe like 10 minutes per character to kind of like realize who they are. There's none of that. No. There's no room for that in this movie. Well, they just chop I, everything I, up. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, so there are five basically new mutants and, and each character kind of has like their own trauma. So like, you know, you have Cannonball who's played by the guy from um, Stranger, Stranger Things, Things. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie with, with a terrible Southern accent. Oh, uh, so but, bad. I didn't think but, it was that bad. <laughs> so, so like his trauma was that he accidentally killed his father while working in a coal his whole mine crew. And, yeah. and, and his whole crew. They explained this part where like he, uh, he got claustrophobic when he was down working in the mines with his father and it triggered his superpower and his superpower brought down the mine and killed everybody in there. So he, he felt responsible for killing his father, and they ha- he had, like, survivor's guilt, basically. Yeah. And then uh, Sunspot, when he gets kind of sexually aroused, um, he, he's not able to... <laughs> he gets to, too hot. Yeah, he gets too hot, and he, he's not able to, to control his power, and he ended up, um, like, fatally burning his girlfriend, his first girlfriend, um, when they were, like, making in out. In an intimate moment. Yeah, in an intimate <laughs> moment. And, and so, like, he's he's afraid to get too close to anyone, especially girls, because, like, he's, he doesn't want to hurt them. Um, then you have uh, Maisie Williams' character, who grew up in kind of like a f- Christian fundamentalist area of Scotland or Ireland or something like that. That's another accent that we couldn't really place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and ba- ba- basically, like, her local bishop or, or you know, priest or whatever uh, – thought she was possessed by a demon and branded her and basically abused her. Yeah. And so she has that trauma mirages, uh, you know, the moonstone character, her whole trauma is the fact that her entire reservation was wiped out. She just saw her dad die before her eyes. Yeah. So all, all these people have just like terrible, (laughs) terrible (laughs) terrible, childhoods. Yeah. Terrible childhoods. And, and they're all dealing with it. And there are a lot of scenes where like we see them interacting with one another, where I feel like the characterization was pretty good. 
the problem was with this movie is that there, there was no real antagonist that they could kind of rally around to defeat. It was all kind of like spooky, like ethereal, like hallucinations. And even though the doctor, uh, Reyes, was that her name? Reyes. Yeah. Um, even though the doctor was kind of like the main villain because she wasn't there for their benefit, uh, she never did anything truly evil up until the end that they could like fight against. You know, well, they were trying to. She was trying to kill the, the girl, oh, and but, also, but that wasn't until the very end. Yeah, yeah. she should have killed her. <laughs> <laughs> You're on their side, <laughs> but what? But what's funny is that so like the main monster that they have to team up to defeat, um, and this actually comes from the comic. It, it's basically a, a villain called Demon Bear, <laughs> and uh, it's it's this giant bear that. Um, um, comes from like, you know, the, the demon dimension or like whatever, uh, that, um, it, in the comic books, Mirage's parents, um, basically created the bear by accident. And so the bear is obsessed with like basically tracking Mirage down and like killing her. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's kind of similar to what they wanted to do in this movie. And I think they chose that character because they wanted like the supernatural element. And it was the only kind of supernatural character that the new mutants in the comics fought against. Um, but it just came off so cheesy in this movie. Like yeah. you, you just have a giant cartoon bear that's like yeah. eating people and like trying to kill them. And like from the beginning of the movie to the end, everything that went wrong was because of, of Moonstone. So they were absolutely correct in saying, you know what? She can't be controlled. We should kill her. They should have shot her in the head <laughs> instead of letting her like get woozy and create some more <laughs> mirages for people to get fucked up by. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say she deserved to die, but it was definitely I'm not like saying she deserved to die. I'm just <laughs> saying like if, if you're in a facility and you're like, Hey, can we control these super people or yeah. not? I think they made the right call. Well, I, I, I also think Reyes. I'm, I'm always on the side of the bad guy. You know, this. <laughs> <It's so terrible. laughs> I am a super villain. Oh, I think are. everyone should be in the matrix oh, Jesus. so that we can control society. I don't know. Like, okay. So we're talking about the bear that at the end, like, and this is when at the Stupid moment bear. we, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast yet, but at the moment I was sitting next to Kadish and he just heard me deflate. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my God. Why? Yeah. So they're, they're I, fighting. I just hear Alex go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed. Like, I would have been able to forgive some of the like terrible editing and, and some of the weird like character moments that felt really choppy to me. Um, I would have been able to forgive the movie if like the final battle like had some kind of substance to it. But because it was a mirage from the character that you're supposed to be rooting for, but you're also supposed to be rooting against because she's the one causing the trouble. I, I, I didn't know who I was supposed to be rooting for at the end of the movie, this big climactic battle with this giant bear. You had uh, Rasputin like finally amping up her power and she looked cool, uh-huh. but she kind of was like the, her like fighting style was kind of anticlimactic too. Cause we never really got a close up of her actually doing anything. It was all just like wide shots of her jumping around and cannonball too. Like he seemed like I'm going to do this cool thing for like two seconds and then I'm going to like, look like I don't know what to do yeah. for like the rest of the film. <laughs> and then yeah. the, the- yeah, Sunspot fire or whatever. Yeah. He's just like hiding. Yeah. Cause he's naked at the end, which was like a weird joke that they made anyway. So like I was the reason why Kate heard me deflate was because about halfway through the battle, I, I it came to the realization that nobody's going to defeat this bear. Moonstone is going to wake up and she's going to tame the bear with her emotions. And I, I saw that coming and I was like, Oh God. Is that when she was like, control yeah and i was like oh <laughs> come on man like it was just such a lame ending yeah. and I, I got what they were going for like she's conquering her fear that's the whole point but i'm like it was just so like 
the, the thing that annoyed the crap out of me <laughs> is that, so like there's this ancient like Native American proverb, I guess you'd call it, where it, it's a story about like every person has like two beasts inside them and, you know, one represents the good and one represents the bad. And which is the one that, you know, takes over. It's the one that you feed. And this is like, this is something that like most people hear growing up because it's like such a, you know, inspirational quote type thing. And the original um, kind of incarnation of it is that there are two wolves. It's the story of the two wolves, but they changed it in this movie to be two bears. And I was, I was like, immediately I'm I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And then like (laughs) at the end when the demon bear shows up, I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I know why they changed (laughs) it. They had to make a demon bear. They had to make a demon bear analogy. And like at the end, they finally complete the entire quote. I'm like, that's not how the quote goes. <laughs> it's like an, it, it, it's such a stupid thing to get upset yeah. over. But but like that's the type of stuff that just drives me up the wall. <laughs> it's like don't change the quote for the sake of your stupid movie. Yeah, and, and like the reason that they didn't make it two wolves was because Maisie Williams, Maisie Williams' character, because like she transforms into a wolf, and it's like, well. We don't want to confuse the audience. We'll so, just make it a bear. So something else that kind of irked you guys, it didn't really bother me that much, but you guys were saying that the love story between Maisie Williams and Moonstone like felt kind of out of place for you guys. It just felt shoehorned in because all of a sudden, like, like I'm just like, why can't two girls just be friends instead of like falling in love and being lesbians together? Was like, that in the comics? No, I don't think so. But, but I mean like, so it seems like everything, especially if it's like a Netflix original, every time there are two girls who like have some type of like friendship, it always escalates into lesbianism. Um, and it just felt shoehorned into this movie um, because it was just like, okay, Maisie, uh, Maisie Williams character is friend is becoming friends with Moonstone. Yeah. And you know, when they went out to look at the sky, I was like, Oh my God, this feels like a, a romantic thing. <laughs> and I don't have any problem with lesbianism or like, you know, two girls, you, you know, say it like it's a, a disease. <laughs> lesbianism. lesbianism. <laughs> She's been infected. <laughs> don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't have any problem with it. It just felt, um, it, it felt like something that was added unnecessarily because it didn't bring anything to the story or the characters themselves. Yeah. It didn't add anything to it except for it just like, yeah, it, it felt like we need to have it in there for representation because it wasn't titillating or anything like that. It wasn't like, oh yeah, let's see these two girls. Well, these are like young teenagers. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, anyway. exactly. <laughs> so, so like it, it just felt out of place to me and it felt like forced. Yeah. It didn't feel like a natural outgrowth of I, what the movie is about. I, I don't know if it would be like undeserved or out of place at the beginning, but because it never, like you said, it never really represented anything after they established that. Like, oh, they're, they're falling in love with each other. And they just like never got brought up again. Like I was, I was, just I was like, getting some like some girl on girl vibes from Maisie, like the way that she interacted with Moonstone. But like, like Moonstone's whole like, oh, okay, I'm into this chick. Like that just kind of came out of nowhere because yeah. like I didn't get anything from the actress or her performance to make me think that she was into girls to begin with. Yeah, it was. Like, it's another one of those things where like it, that would have been perfect if they would have had some time to reshoot and have a a handful of like quick scenes mm-hmm. where we get her like side eyeing Maisie Williams, like oh, I'm kind of into her then it would have been justified. Then it would have made sense. But because they didn't do any of that stuff, it was just kind of like, oh, they're in love with each other out yeah. of nowhere. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that's where we're going. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing this for decades in movies. <laughs> just like, here's a boy, here's a girl. Boom. 
Now they're in love. That's his woman. And now they're doing it with like gay couples. Like, here's a girl, here's a girl, boom, they're in love. I mean, it's just lazy writing. Yeah, but um, Jude and I recently watched a TV show where there was a, a female character who became gay over the course of like three or four episodes where like we saw her kind of grapple with, you know, her feelings for another girl. And in, it was so believable. Yeah. And in one episode, she makes out with this girl. And the other girl, we, we, I was, I was kind of like, well, we've never seen anything from her before, but then in the next episode, she reveals that she's always been gay and she's just hidden it. Mm. And so like, that's why she, you know, continued to make out with her. And I, I was like, okay, this is believable to yeah, me. It like, was like, so well written yeah, and believable and, and there built, was character development. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to put that into your movie or your show, everything that goes into it should be believable and I should be invested in it. And I just wasn't in this. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, like you, you couldn't get invested into any of these characters Nothing. D- yeah. during this movie. And I couldn't even get behind who's the real bad guy. Yeah, like, it was, it was bad, you are the bad the guy, bad, apparently. Yeah, the bad guy was also the good guy. <laughs> it was her fear. The yeah, bad, the and, bad and, guy in this movie is fear itself. And they, they never clearly established what everyone's powers were. Like, like you'd see them <sighs> use their powers, but then you were like, but wait, how does that work exactly? Yeah. I don't know. The only one that I found confusing was Rasputin because she was like, I found her very confusing, popping in and out of portals. But but also Moonstone's power was very confusing too. It just, she was, it was kind of like a, a weird evil version of Xavier where she was able to manipulate people's minds into revealing their worst fears. Mm -hmm. And that's why it it got worse every time they drugged her. And yet they kept drugging her. (laughs) But, but she also like, like she was able to manifest those fears. It wasn't just like, like they had like a bad dream. It was that they were real. Yeah. Yeah. She was able to make them real and like tangible and and harmful. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, Charlie Heaton's character, I think his name is Sam in this. Am I right? Southern guy. Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. Like uh, when they first <laughs> no, Kentucky, sorry. Yeah. When they first introduce his powers, he's like strapping himself to something and he's practicing and, and, and then they just kind of make a joke about like how he's really good at flying, but not so good at landing. And then it just, there was no investment in that. Yeah. It was like, here's the setup for a joke. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and I was just, I was just like, God, why couldn't you have just invested a little bit more effort into this to make it good? Yeah. And like this movie, so the director's original intention was he wanted it to be like a very hard R horror movie. Like he wanted it to be like freaking scary. I what, wanted it to go that direction. And, what was this PG? PG and 13? it was PG 13. And, and w- before they shot, the studio was like, Hey, you have to scale this back to PG 13. Like we need teenagers to be able to see this movie. So they kind of neutered the horror element in it. And then when the first trailer hit and they were like, everyone was like, Oh, a, a horror based comic book movie. That sounds awesome. And, <laughs> the studio, and the studio's like, Oh, okay. We need to go back and reshoot it and make it more R rated. And then they never did it. You know, like I it, think like, I think this movie would have been great if they would have really leaned in on the worst fears element, but have the cause of that be an outside force, like from the Essex company who was like basically torturing these kids by making it one of the kids who's causing it. It just totally, it was confusing. Yeah. It killed the motivation to want to defeat the bad thing. Yeah. But like the, that's what put me on the side of the bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I like choke her out. I liked all the elements of like, yeah, let's like bring up your worst fears. Like the kid in the pool when he was getting the hots uh, for the chick and he's like, I can't do this because I, I might hurt you or whatever. Like I was like, okay. And then like the burnt body comes out of the water. I'm like, 
That's scary as hell. Like, yeah. amp, that's- and also it was confusing too, because like, apparently it was a hallucination that he was with Rasputin yeah. cause she was in her room. Wasn't it just supposed to be fears that come to life? So why was she, th- what, what was the purpose of that? <laughs> just know. for her to be like, I can't get burned. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Th- that's why like when you're dealing with superpowers or magic or whatever, as a storyteller, you always have to be very clear about, you know, laying the groundwork as like, this is how these powers work. Yeah. Because when you have that ambiguity there, um, people get confused. Yeah. Audiences get confused. They want a void always wants to be filled. So like when you have a question about something, if that, if that question isn't answered in um, you know, due time, it takes you out of the movie. So and what I, what I took away from that scene and what you were questioning is like, he had the hots for Rasputin, but he just never acted on it. And then his worst fear would be, I have the hots for this girl. What if I do the same thing that I did to the last girl I was with? So he, that's that's what that manifestation but, was. But, but that's why she was there. Which I, I can get on board with, but I wanted the movie to tell me that, not you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also, I had a different interpretation where like the, the demon bear would take different forms based off of whose fear uh, it was feeding off oh, of. Oh, really? And that that character, the the Rasputin doppelganger who was trying to seduce Sunspot, was actually the demon bear um, doing that. And th- this is why, we, which would have been cool. But but like we don't, I don't know if that was correct. <laughs> no, but I'm saying <laughs> that's a cool aspect. They should have. I mean, if that's where they were going with it, have the be have the yeah, demon double bear, down on it. Have the demon make bear it cool. Be its own entity. Yeah. Don't make it part of moonstone's personality yeah have it be a completely separate thing and then that would have fixed i think a lot of the issues that we had with it yeah and i, I don't know yeah I, we don't need to talk in circles about this movie forever <laughs> well, well, but, but before we get to final thoughts uh, i just want to point this out so bob mcleod uh was a comic book artist who was the co-creator of the new mutants along with chris claremont um back in the early 90s and uh he was very excited when he found out that these characters are going to be turned into a movie. But upon the release of the film, he posted this on Facebook. I want to read this to you verbatim. Okay. Uh, Bob McLeod says, I was very excited when I heard they were making a new mutants movie. I thought making it into a horror movie was perhaps an interesting idea, but not at all how the character should be introduced to the public at large. But Hey, my character is in a movie. I never would have thought that would actually happen. But then I was disappointed when they didn't give Danny Braids, although I like Blue Hunt, who's the um, Mirage character, the Native American girl. Uh, so the actress's name is Blue Hunt. Oh. Um, I was disappointed when Rain wasn't a redhead with spiky hair. That was. I was disappointed that Sam isn't tall and gawky, although I do like Charlie Heaton. But mainly I was disappointed that Roberto isn't short and dark-skinned. Yet another example of Hollywood whitewashing. So I guess like the Brazilian character was Afro-Brazilian in the comics. Uh. Wait, whitewashing? The kid was not white. Well, he was light-skinned. He was light-skinned yeah. Brazilian. That's fucking petty. I'm sorry. There's, there's just no <laughs> excuse. So basically, Josh Boone erased everything I contributed to the way the characters look. And now the movie has come out at last, and apparently they've, disc- they've credited someone named Bob... MacLeod, so they misspelled his name. Oh, <laughs> um, as the co-creator, they couldn't even be bothered to check the spelling of my name sometime in the last three years, and that can't be fixed. That will be on the movie forever. I think I'm done with this movie. Aww. So he was very salty. <laughs> that sucks, yeah, man. But justifiably, yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm not taking his anger away from him. Yeah. I just thought the brown skin thing was a bit petty. But. Oh, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I think really? that's a typical Hollywood thing that if you have a black character, you want to make them as light as possible just to make them more appetizing to a broader audience. It's it's very typical of a lot of movies. Yeah, that kind so, of discredits yeah. the actor himself, though. Saying yeah, that he's, I, white, he's too white like, to be... The director basically said, I wanted to cast an actual Brazilian in the movie, and he auditioned all types of Brazilians, and this was the best actor that he thought fit the role. And it just so happens the guy's just like not Afro Brazilian. Yeah. He's he's just regular Brazilian. I mean, it's just my opinion. He's the yeah. guy who created the act, the, yeah, the he's, character. He's but. Latino instead of you know uh, black. <laughs> I, I don't know. I also did not get that he was Brazilian in oh, the I movie. Did. You yeah. did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they, just... they said he was from Brazil. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. yeah. I probably checked out by then. <laughs> <laughs> checked out five minutes into the movie. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I mean, like this movie, it could have been good. Yeah. Um, but. It was it was just mismanaged. Yeah, yeah. Like so that badly. is one of my pet peeves. Also, so I'm very on board with him being disappointed in them changing the way that every character looks. Like if you're if you're a fan of any source material, you have that image in your head of what a character is supposed to look like. The hair color. If a character has braids, they sh- should have had her at least in one scene with braids. Like changing the way that the characters look just for no purpose is very irksome. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, especially to a creator of those characters. It's possible. I always kind of give them a little bit of liberty with that because if if a director wants a character to look a certain way, like I, I don't fault Steven Spielberg because Alan Grant isn't like have a beer belly and a beard. Like it just, it's like, whatever it is, what it is. It's a character. As long as the character's like heart and soul is still there, I can accept if they change the look a little bit. Do you think that was captured in this? I have no idea because I don't <laughs> know the source material, but apparently not because he's pretty pissed. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so final thought, or just let's just give favorite part. Favorite? Do you have a favorite part? No. My favorite. <laughs> when it ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to tell the story about the post credits? Oh, that was. Oh funny. yeah, I, uh, it's it ended and the the credits started to roll, and I I really had to go to the bathroom, so I looked at Kadish and I was like, Hey, there's no um post credit scene, is there? And Kadish just looks at me and goes, I don't care, and he gets up and walks away. <laughs> I was ready for that movie to be done. The whole last act of that movie was just. Ridiculous. It was so anticlimactic. Oh, it was so dumb. It was a bit terrible. Um, my favorite part is actually Rasputin's like horror image of those little Slenderman like chasing him down the hallways. I Did, thought that was legit. Disco Slenderman. Yeah. I liked her hair. Her hair was cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my. I, I wish I could have understood her dialogue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like that part of the movie, but that's like about Maisie it. Williams had a terrible Irish accent. Uh, Rasputin had a terrible Russian accent. Sam. Sam had a terrible Southern accent. <laughs> you know what? You're right. The Brazilian guy was the best actor in the whole thing. <laughs> I, I like the the girl who played you know Moonstone. I thought yeah, she's, I thought she, she was good. Did fine. I did. Oh, there was one part that her acting was like. Oof, that was rough. It was when she was like really frustrated that she couldn't get out of the force field and she like pounded the ground and was mm. sad in the grass. And I was like, yeah, that could have been done better. <laughs> anyway, the whole movie could have been yeah. done better. <laughs> we're done nitpicking this poor movie. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah don't go so, see this. Yeah. Watch it for free. If Final it recommendations. No. See it, don't see it. Don't. Nope. You guys are yeah. save yourselves. I would pass on this one. Yeah. Wait for it to come on Disney plus. Yeah. Watch it on Disney plus for free. Like one night when you're bored, but um, pay for Disney plus for the entire year. Don't pay to see this movie.
<laughs> All right, guys. Before we head out, make sure to head to saltynerdclub.com. That takes you to our Patreon page. Help support the podcast so we can watch more bad movies and review them for you so that you don't have to. And it helps uh, support us buying some new equipment, some new soundproofing, and it helps uh, me and Vader potentially get away from the day job. Uh, our goal is to get to 1,000 Patreon subscribers. So uh, jump in there and you'll be joining a great crew. You get a a lot of cool content in return. You get blooper reels and full-on podcasts where we talk about movie news and, and subjects that the patrons request. Help support us. Uh, it would be much appreciated. Or if you don't want to do that, you just leave us a five-star review uh, and uh, on iTunes, and we'll hit you up uh, in return with a couple of stickers or something and, and as a thank you. Uh, before we leave, Jude, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me at IamJudeJuju on Instagram and Twitter. Right on. And Matthew Kadish. At Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter and kadishbooks.com on Amazon. Right on. And I am the Salty Nerd. You can find me on Twitter at Salty underscore Nerd. Hit me up. Talk to me about movies. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Salty Nerd.